Hello guys, welcome to... I don't know what episode this is. I think this is the fourth episode. Oh my god, I'm so unprofessional. But welcome to the fourth episode, or so I think, of Loving in Color. Again, as always, I'm your host, Sevi Michelle, and this episode is going to be about mental health. So... Within the minority community, both the black and brown community, mental health is often ignored. Mental health is something that's extremely important. Um, Having good mental health kind of just ensures that you're raising your children, you know, to the best of your abilities, and you're also raising them without the childhood trauma and etc. Having bad mental health, you know, kinds of you have the ability to traumatize your child. And sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's unintentional. Um, I know a lot of parents, they displayed very toxic behaviors, and you can tell that their mental health isn't just all the way there. And they display very toxic um, traits onto their children, but it's not intentional. Um, disclaimer, we will be talking about abuse in this episode again, I promise you. The next episode will be a lot lighter and it won't be, you know, as heavy because I know this episode I had to do a disclaimer. The last episode there had to be a disclaimer. So we'll definitely get back into like the fun, light stuff, you know, giving you the cheese man, everything. And probably in the next episode, I'll tell you about my uncle. We could do the full story about how me and my husband ended up living with them and the reason why I have beef with his woman and him as well. And we'll get into that and everything. Um, But getting back into mental health, um, for black and brown people, if you do, um, you know, like percentages online and look up what's the demographic for, you know, the racial or ethnic groups that go to therapy consistently or that's on antidepressants or anxiety medication, whatever, in any way taking care of their self, um, I was about to say taking care of their self-harm. What the fuck? Taking care of themselves, taking care of their mental health. You will see that black and brown people and brown people being um, Hispanic people, people of Latin descent, we don't make up a lot of the demographics that do go to therapy, that do go to counseling and et cetera and everything. Um, Black individuals uh, also, we got a pretty good amount of you know, divorce rates as well, um, for Hispanic and black individuals, we got a very high rate of single parent households, um, just a lot, a lot of factors that could affect the child and, you know, upbringing and all that and everything, um, something that's very prominent within both communities is, you know, depression is something that's often overlooked or ignored, um, anxiety is something that's, overlooked or ignored um so you know I've seen uh some parents like they describe their kids that you know obviously show signs and symptoms of depression and they explain it with oh you know they're just a Debbie Downer you know they're going through that teenage thing you know when in reality like no they're probably not I don't know what a teenage thing is I do know that you know 
during the teenage years, a lot of things change and it could be very sudden, very hectic. It's very hectic time and everything, which could cause depression. But so many parents overlook it. And it's very, very alarming um, when I was doing research, just finding out that, you know, more children of color more than anybody else like you know whites and asians out of anybody else they commit suicide the most which is alarming it's scary and it just really goes to show how overlooked mental health is within our community um some parents they might have kids that display you know classic signs of anxiety and they're just like oh they're just really shy and it's things like that I remember when I was a young girl and I went through some horrendous things that, you know, I don't think that a child should have to go through. And I didn't tell my mom what was going on. However, I did confide in her and told her that I was really depressed, thinking about self-harm. And she told me, oh, why are you depressed? You have a roof over your head. There are children in Africa who are starving. And I remember not only was that statement like super ignorant, but then I was also just thinking too. And I'm like, you are very like slow for saying that because first and foremost, Africa is a continent. There are many countries within Africa and many of those countries happen to be very well off, you know? So I don't know. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's just parroting things that Americans say. America's always talking about Africa. Oh, Africa's so poor. Africa's this and that and everything. When, like, in actuality, you can't say Africa. The entire continent is poor. We have countries like Egypt there. We have countries like Nubia and et cetera. Like, all of them are not, like, stop. Stop. There are some countries that are worse off than others, but, like, stop. And then also, too, like, just using that as a comparison for whatever it is that I'm feeling is just not I don't know but you know I wasn't satisfied with that answer I don't know what she was expecting me to do like I'm telling you I'm depressed I'm literally thinking about like self-harming myself like and when she told me the whole Africa thing I'm like am I supposed to be like oh yes you are so right mother oh my goodness yes if children in Africa don't have depression even though they're starving why should I ding and then smile right like what the fuck is that like you know I didn't understand that eventually I did get to the point where I was suffering from self-harming and my mom caught well she didn't catch me doing it like she just saw the scars and everything and she's like why are you doing that who does that nobody does that and I'm like okay well if you do research a lot of people do. And she's like, oh, so you're doing it because other people do it. I'm like, no, I'm doing it because that's what I feel like I just need to do for myself. And like, you know, I wasn't comfortable with going into detail and explaining to her because first and foremost, she made it a very unsafe environment where I didn't feel safe enough to come to her about these issues that I was having because she kind of made it clear. I'm not saying she doesn't care about me, but her statement wasn't very caring. Her statement made me feel uncared about and, like, dismissed. So I'm like, why the fuck would I come with you? You know, like, come to you about stuff like this. So I remember when, um, due to my depression and everything, I was getting into, like, a lot of trouble in school. And I remember, like, and this is embarrassing to say, guys. I got caught for stealing at the dollar store when I had, like, $30 in my pocket. 
just let that sink in. And <laughs> if you ask me what the fuck I was thinking, honestly, I can't even tell you. I don't know. I don't even know why the fuck I felt the need to and everything. But you know what? Having the feeling the need to steal and everything is also a sign of mental health. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I just felt an adrenaline rush because I was doing it a lot at that time. Like there was a speedway. And I don't know if you guys know what Speedway is. It's a gas station, but, like, they have, like, a shit ton of stuff inside of there, like, slushies and stuff. You know, like, think of, like, 7-Eleven. But, like, this one was, like, on crack, dude. It's literally, like, on crack. And I remember going to 7-Eleven. And I was a kid, by the way. So, going to 7-Eleven, and then me and my friends, and they were not my friends. I definitely should have known that. But, like, we'll get into that in another video. But... We would, like, get slushies, walk around with the slushies, drink the slushies and stuff and everything. Because, you know, if you go to, like, any, like, gas station that have slushies and everything, like, you're allowed to drink them before you buy them. But, yeah, the thing is we wouldn't buy them. We would, like, drink them in the store and, like, look around and be like, oh, my God, they don't have what I got or what I, like, what I need. Let's go. Oh, my God. And then we would leave. It's stupid. Just fucking stupid. But, like... I just felt the need to steal. We were at the dollar store, so I did, and I got caught. And then, like, basically, like, my mom's just, like, one of those people. And not so much right now, but back then, she definitely was. Like, back then, like, she cared so much about what people thought about her. So she was, like, you know, mortified. Like, when she had to show up to that store and there was cops there and everything, like, she was mortified and everything. And so, of course, like, well... We had to go back up to the police station for questioning, like, about, like, the next day. But I do remember, like, on that day, you know, the store owner said he wasn't going to press charges or anything and stuff. And the only reason why he, was, why he wasn't going to press charges is because he found out that, like, his most loyal customer was my dad. Um, So, yeah, he just didn't press charges because of that reason. But... <laughs> When I went into the station for questioning and everything, they were kind of like probing a little bit. They were kind of like, oh, well, you know, why did you feel the need to do that? And da 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 And so I had to do this thing called, um, I don't even fucking remember, remember what it was called. I don't want to say junior jur jury. I don't know. It was like, it wasn't even a real court. It was like a court but, like, with kids, like, it, it was weird, and, like, this sounds, this sounds like I'm lying, right, like, it sounds like a movie, but, like, it really was, juvie court, juvie court, I don't fucking know, I don't know, this was in the, a suburb or some shit, guys, but, um, I had to do community service, and, um, my mom, like, when she went to go talk to the, um, cops again she was like I don't know why she's doing this, like, I think, like, she's, like, sick, oh my god, like, do you guys have a referral for, like, a counselor or a therapist? And mind you, at this point, it had been, like, up to, like, oh, yeah, shit. Like, I was, like, in seventh grade when this happened, and I had started becoming depressed. And, um, well, the first time that she's ever heard about depression um, from me and wanting to commit suicide and attempted suicide was when I was in fourth grade. I was 10 years old, and it was just, like, pew just went right over her head did not give a fuck and I don't want to say that she didn't give a fuck but I'm just saying that's how it came off to me because she did not get me a therapist she did not talk to the doc to my doctor about this she didn't do anything absolutely nothing 
Um, so that's the first time she heard of that. When the selfie, well, I was about to say selfie harming. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck selfie harming is, but it sounds like something the Kardashians do. Okay, so <laughs> the first time that like she's ever caught, uh, you know, scars on my wrist was when I was in fifth grade. Okay, every once in a while she'll catch it in sixth grade. So it took. At this point, when I'm in seventh grade, I'm like 13 years old, guys. So it took three years. And then it took, like, somebody, well, the somebody being me, embarrassing her in order for her to get help for her daughter. It didn't like for me, and I could be wrong. It just wasn't for the right reasons to me. It was just because you wanted to, like, prove that, like, you know, I'm not a jungle bunny mother and guys I know that is a derogatory term I'm just using that I'm just saying that like my mother likes to hold up like this perfect image and um she does this thing where she thinks that she's better than the average black woman okay and I'm pretty sure like a lot of black Americans can attest to this that a lot of Caribbean Americans think that they're better than black Americans they just think like they're above you know what I'm saying even the ones some of the ones that even like claim to be black and all that like they just think they're above and everything so Obviously, my mom's going to walk around with a sign on her head saying, hey, I'm Haitian and I'm Cuban. She's not. In other words, she's going to, like, show you, quote unquote, through her behavior, why she's not like other African-Americans and, you know, shit like that. I know how my mom thinks. That is how she's thinking. Okay. So they gave her a referral. I ended up going to therapy and at first I was just like oh my god I don't want to do this but then when I went like I really liked the therapist she was really really great really helped me gave me like a lot of good tools and stuff but I think that the problem started when the therapist really wanted to get my parents involved when it came to our sessions and she kind of helped me tell them what I wanted to say to them like but like without me having really to do it and she was kind of like a mediator like she was a great therapist and I really really loved her and I remember, like, she, I remember telling her, that, like, I just didn't feel cared about when it came to my parents and everything. And she kind of said that to my mom. But the thing is with my mom is not so much now, but back then, she was very fake, very artificial. You know what I'm saying? Care too much about what everybody thinks about her. Always wanting to put on, like, this perfect image and everything and act like everything's perfect in our home. And it's like, how am I going to get help? How am I going to get better if we're pretending that everything is perfect? And then she wants me to pretend everything's perfect. So I remember she told me that I'm telling too much of um, my business. And I'm like, this is therapy. What the fuck did you want me to do? You know? But I do remember, like, the therapist, like, kind of relayed the message to her. To, like, you know, your daughter feels like you don't care. And, da, 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 da. and so then my mother's like... <laughs> sweetie you know I care about you where are these feelings coming from you know because I bought you a diary and you know I wanted you to write your feelings in it and like get your feelings together before you come to me and like you never you never did it honey you never did (laughs) and like I'm over here thinking I'm like bitch you ain't give me no damn diary you didn't give me no journal what are you talking about and it's like I have to go along with this crazy facade that my mother is making. Or else I'll get my ass beat. (laughs) So, basically, that just wasn't really working out. And I do remember, like, when I had my own private session, like, I was just telling my therapist, like, this is fake. Like, 
she's fake. Like, she's really fake. When my dad did the session, my dad just don't, he's oblivious, don't really care about nothing, always following my mother's, uh, huh, shit, how would I say that? He follows my mother's lead, basically. But, um, you know, he wasn't fake in the therapy sessions, but my mother was. And I remember, like, the therapist, she was saying, like, you know, to my mother, like, I want you to see if you can go ahead and, like, get her you know, I'm going to give you a referral so we can see if, you know, she has bipolar disorder. And she, I, I think that she's a manic depressant. And this is what the symptoms are. She has these symptoms. I can't diagnose her. But, you know, this is a referral to somebody who, who will. And your insurance covers it. And da, 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 da. So my mom's sitting there, like, nodding, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. We're definitely, we're going to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we get in the car. She crumples up the paper, and then she starts driving home. Doesn't say anything to me. We get into the house, and she tells me, don't go in your room. I need to talk to you. Me or dad need to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. So then she sits me on the couch, and so she was like, I'm sorry. You cut for attention. You talk about wanting to die and kill yourself for attention. It's just attention. And I remember, I don't really remember what I said back, but I do remember that was bawling my eyes out um, because she told me that, I wouldn't be going to that therapist anymore because it was against her religion, quote unquote. And that ain't nothing wrong with me. I have demons in me. I need to pray. And if I pray more, I wouldn't be depressed. And that since the fact that I don't pray just shows, you know, through my quote unquote mental health. And I was so hurt never in my life my entire like at that moment because I was 13 years old never in my 13 years of living and oh shit guys I'm so sorry I gotta like backtrack and everything because I told you the first time my mom heard about my depressions when I was 10 years old and I just thought I'm like nobody's 10 in fourth grade I was eight years old guys so it took her five years to get me um a therapist but okay getting back to what I was saying but never in my third like 13 years of living like at that point had I ever felt so neglected and so uncared about, like, in my life? And I cried until my heart was hurting, my throat was hurting. I was so hurt because all throughout my life, people was talking about, like, you know, if nobody else is there to take care of you, you know, your your family or your parents are, and, like, your you can come to your parents with anything. And, like, I felt so unsafe. I did not feel trusted. And I was going through a lot of things at that time that I did not talk to my parents about. Um, I was going through bullying and disclaimer. Again, guys, I was going through sexual assault. So I was going through a lot of things. And I those are really big things that I didn't feel safe telling my parents about. So I thought that, like, to me, the depression... And the self-harming were little in comparison to everything else I was going through. So I thought that if I told them the little things first, that, you know, we could build up to the big things. But it didn't happen because with the little things that I told them, they shut me down completely. Completely. And... I'm not the only one who's went through something like this where it comes to, even if you don't tell your parents, you know, I, 
I feel like if you know your child, you spend time with your child and everything, you know exactly when your child starts to act different, when they're starting to lose interest in things that they were obsessed about before. When they go from being super, super, you know, like outgoing, they're a social butterfly, then all of a sudden now they're super shy all of a sudden. Now they, they're freaking out about doing a school presentation. Like if you spend time with your child, like you know these things. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of children in the black and brown community who have, you know, visibly become depressed or, you know, had anxiety and their parents chose to ignore it because they think it's a face. I had a cousin who went through depression for years and she didn't start going to therapy until a school counselor, you know, who was meeting with her every day had to call her mom and, like, recommend it. And then even after she recommended it, my my aunt still wasn't taking my cousin. It wasn't until, like, a couple of, like, you know, counseling sessions in with her school counselor that the counselor found out that, like, oh, like, your mom still hasn't taken you? And so she was like, okay, well, you obviously show signs of depression, da-da-da-da. And so she had to, like, threaten, you know, calling DCFS. For those of you that don't live in Illinois, DCFS is, like, the Illinois um, CPS, basically. But it took that to take her to therapy because... Her mom thought that she was faking it. She was doing it for attention and everything. And it's like, it's so sad. Even the fact that we have our black and brown children killing themselves because their parents did not make them feel safe. And I understand a lot of black and brown children, they killed themselves because of, you know, outside factors like bullying, by like rape and et cetera and everything. But we do have to confront the problem by you know stating the obvious that a lot of these problems and I'm not saying that oh you know these children that kill themselves like it's their parents fault I'm not saying that I'm just saying that their parents play a part in it their parents definitely play a part in it and this isn't just a minority thing I'm super super aware yes white kids kill themselves white kids can have neglectful parents like I had um a friend who knew a boy whose parents was making him eat dog food and he they were kicking his ass and like he was white but you know the fact of the matter is you know even though this happens in the white community and everything I can only speak on the community that I'm a part of which is the black and brown community and I know for a fact that this happens a lot of the time and that a lot of us don't believe in therapy. A lot of us don't believe in mental illness and everything. Um, I have a brother that I'm 11 years older than. And my mom did get him diagnosed with autism when he was two years old. And even though, like, that's great that, you know, she's being better for him. Because she did get him, like, necessary therapies when he was younger and everything. That was really great that she was changing and, like, you know, doing what she needed to do for a child that she did not do for her own. Because, you know what, by the grace of God... I credit me being alive to my husband because he definitely saved my life. Without him, I definitely would have killed myself. And I feel like in my heart, even though, yeah, my parents aren't the ones that were bullying me at school. My parents weren't the ones that was putting me through sexual assault. However, they are the ones that neglected me and that shut me out emotionally when I did come to them with help and told them, I want to kill myself every day. This isn't normal. I'm hurting myself and I need help. 
So they definitely would have played a big part. But I do credit like me being alive and me being, you know, a lot way, 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 way better and happy in life to my husband because he is someone that has never turned me away or shut me out. Never. When, you know, because we were teenagers and we were dating and when I would come to him with my like depressive episodes and everything, he's always and still is always was the first one to be like, baby, what do you need? I want you to know that I love you. And that I can't see myself in this world without you. So I need you here. So what do you want? You want DoorDash, babes? Like, he was definitely, you know, like that type of guy. And he definitely still is that type of guy. So, and I just find it unfortunate. You know, there's a lot of kids. They don't have a support system. I had a support system. I still have a support system, which is great. But there are some kids that don't. So I think that what the minority community needs to do is that we do need to tackle some of these problems that we face within our community. Because a lot of these mental health issues, they do stem all the way back from, um, you know, our ancestors, colonization, slavery. And I know I talked about not using slavery as an excuse in the last um, episode. But I told you also in the last episode that, yes, slavery affects you know, slavery, colonization, etc. It does, you know, still show up in our behaviors to this day and everything, but we don't have to let it. So yeah, maybe certain behaviors can be a cause of that, but we don't have to let it. And that's the thing. With myself, I'm definitely the type of person where I want to break the cycles. My mother definitely has a lot of mental health issues. Um, she has suffered from depression and anxiety her entire life. Like, I remember she told me that she was six years old drinking bleach because she wanted to kill herself and she would be praying to God that she doesn't wake up. And to her, then she laughs about it when she says it. And it's like, that's not normal. That's not funny. So for me, breaking the cycle 100% is, you know, making sure that I acknowledge my mental health issues and making sure that I do things to get better at it, whether that's going to therapy, whether that's seeing a counselor or even watching self-help videos, because I actually do enjoy those type of videos. Um, Actually, I want to give a shout out to Psych2Go. No, this ain't sponsored. I don't get paid for this. But Psych2Go is really, really a really good YouTube channel, and they post like a lot of mental health videos and everything. It's very informative. So Definitely the first step that we all can do as a community is first off by educating ourselves when it comes to mental health. That is so important. When you are educated, you can see the signs clear as day in your children. Not even just in your children, in your loved ones, your cousin, your mom, either or. So you can offer that care and support that they need. Very important. Even to this day, like I still educate myself on other mental health issues that I don't have, just in case. You never know. But we do have to be the ones to break the cycle, guys. Like this definitely can't keep happening. I just seen something on Instagram yesterday about a little black boy killing himself um, because he was being bullied or something. And then like he had a journal and he wrote about it or something. And he even wrote in the journal that he told his parents and they said that bullying is a part of life. Not okay. Us being minorities, we need to protect our babies because the world's not going to do it. The world's not set up for them at this moment like that. It's really not. 
like our children and this is not i don't feel like you know this is always intentional on white people's parts sometimes it's intentional sometimes it's not it depends on the individual person i cannot speak on every single white person but when even from the moment when they are young they're looking at their favorite tv show and everything the characters are predominantly white when our little girls are watching, you know, those little glamorous, you know, Barbie movies and freaking, I don't fucking know, Disney princesses or whatever, they're predominantly white. When they get older and they start watching those crappy ass live action uh, Disney movies, the minority is always a side character. The minority never finds love. <laughs> The minority is always just to the side. They're just the cool best friend. And then the person that's like, you know, the main character is always white. A good example of this is um, I actually rewatched the live action Bratz movie. And say what you want about it. I know. I know. It's not that great of a film. But, like, for me, it's nostalgia because, like, I loved that movie growing up. But... I rewatched it, and um, I remember, you know, because there's four of them, right? There's Yasmin, Jade, Chloe, and Sasha, okay? And then, like, Sasha's the black girl, right? I remember, like, Jade. I'm going to say I remember, like, I didn't just see this not that long ago. Jade, the Asian, uh, she's half Asian, half white in the live-action movie, and you know she finds love with her uh, science partner cool right and then chloe the white girl like she finds love with the soccer guy that she was kicking it with um yasmin she finds love with the deaf guy well his name is dylan and if you watch the cartoons and the other movies like the animated movies you know dylan's not deaf but like in the live action he was for some reason but she finds love with him but then guess who's missing, guys? Guess who doesn't find love? They don't even think to give Sasha a love interest at all. And, like, this is not something that, like, the first time I've seen that before. I've seen this many, many, many a times. But guess what? I'm not the only one that sees that. Our children do. Their subconscious picks that up. Their subconscious tells them you will always be a side character. Um, the white person is going to be front and center. So first and foremost, just with that in mind, because first and foremost, I think that representation matters, but there's lack thereof. Um, you know, yeah, they're coming out with like a lot more like black representation and then maybe some Hispanic representation, but I don't think they're doing a good job at it. I don't think that there's, you know, how you say just two ways to look Hispanic and two ways to look black. Cause I, I always see like for um the Hispanics, they always get like the whitest ones they can find. And then every once in a while they'll get, and I don't want to say Brown because a lot of times they don't get like a Brown Hispanic. They get a Mathiso. They get a Mathiso and Mathiso Mathisos can be Brown guys. Let me clarify. However, the ones that they showcase have Brown features but really white skin. And it's just not good representation because Latin America comes in all colors. When it comes to the black representation, it's always either a light-skinned girl, and if they do do a dark-skinned girl, it's always a dark-skinned girl, um, you know, the ones that play in the slave movies with, like, super coarse hair and all that. And, yeah, black girls can look like that. Black girls can look like the light-skinned one. Yeah, but, like, we, just in general, in the minority community, we come in all colors and flavors. I would love to see, like, 
real valid representation. Stop doing like the tokenism, you know, like it's just, it's annoying. But getting back on track, just the simple fact that, you know, we live in a world like this, unfortunately. And we're not protecting our babies. The world's not going to. The world's not going to tell your babies that they're beautiful and that they matter and all that and everything. They're not going to tell them that. A lot of the times, they might, like, the world's not going to tell them, like, oh, you suck and da 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 Maybe sometime they will. You never know. But, like, they're going to get it subconsciously. You know what I'm saying? So why aren't we the ones protecting them? Because where else are they going to get protection from? They're supposed to get it from their parents. So let's do a better job at that, guys. So, again, I'm so sorry that this episode was, like, heavy and, like, deep and everything. But I just feel like it just needed to be said. It just needed to be addressed. Um, Even with my husband, like, you know, he has, like, some really rough times as a child where he was getting bullied at school. Somebody actually stabbed him with scissors. And he was in front of his mother crying and bleeding. His mama looked at him and was just like, mm, and turned around and just played it off. Probably just thought he was just crying because he had a bad day at school. But it's like, does it matter? It doesn't matter why they're crying. It doesn't matter if they're crying because they freaking lost their favorite pencil. You don't know the reason why they're crying. If your baby is crying, for fuck's sakes, ask them what's wrong. For all you know, you could be saving their life. You don't, you don't know. And that's the thing. Like I, I really don't understand. My mom said something really ignorant when I was young. She would say this all the time. When I was a teenager and I had to do my checkups and everything, they would always ask, oh, have you been feeling any symptoms of depression? And then my mom would answer for me and it'd be like, oh, you know, it's just a teenager thing. No, there's no such thing as a teenager thing. Okay. There's, I'm, I'm just going to say that now. There's no such thing as a teenager thing. Like, just going through, you know, the teen years, your body is going through different changes, there's a lot of hormones going on and everything, and sometimes depression can happen, sometimes anxiety can happen, but that's not anything to brush off and say that it's a teenager thing, it really is not, okay? Because this quote-unquote teenager thing gets a lot of teenagers to kill themselves, let's be real, okay? So... Let's not do that. We just really need to do a better job at protecting our babies, protecting. (sighs) But then again, I will say that, like, you know, to me, I just feel like, you know, it's just like generational curses to me because a lot of our community, like, they never felt protected growing up. So then they go and they procreate and have these kids and then don't protect them. And then the cycle just keeps going on and on and on. And it's like, at what point is it going to take for somebody to break it? I feel like a lot of people in today's um, time, like, you know, they hate Gen Z so much. They hate them so much because they feel like, oh, they take everything personal. They this, this, and that, and da, 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 da. But you know what? Say what you want. I feel like this generation sets their boundaries whether you think that like they're being uh too sensitive or not they're setting their boundaries like they're telling you what they find okay and what they don't find okay they're talking more about um 
mental health, talking about depression, talking about anxiety. And all of these were kind of like unspoken things almost back then. But this generation is really like just came, like just came out the box. I was about to say they ripped out the plastic. <laughs> They've been acting brand new. <laughs> oh, I'm not funny. But anyway, so they basically just been speaking out on so many things. I do remember when I was growing up, there was like a lot of humor that was acceptable then that's not acceptable now. But like, sometimes certain humors can hurt people. Maybe that same humor that you think is so funny is stuff that that person has heard their entire life and it makes them want to kill themselves. You never fucking know. Listen, I remember like, when Shane Dawson was getting canceled, because like all his old racist videos were getting uncovered, right? Here's the thing. I was a young, stupid kid. I was like seven years old watching Shane Dawson when I should not have and everything. And watching his things, I laughed every single time he said the N-word. I laughed every single time he said a racist joke and everything. It wasn't until when I actually went through racism myself where I've been called a nigger, hard R. I've been called a monkey, a burnt cookie. I, I just went through it. And it's shit. it still affects me to this day, guys. But I'm still in my healing era. So yeah, I'm saying. But... When I went through all that racism shit and everything, looking back on Shane Dawson's videos, they weren't funny. If anything, they were hurtful because they perpetuated, you know, racial stereotypes that just weren't true and stereotypes I wanted to break away from and stereotypes that it was just hurtful. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, maybe something might be super funny to you and everything, but maybe it really hurts somebody else. And I don't think that Gen Z is overly sensitive for setting boundaries. You know what I'm saying? You just got to find your own tribe. There's people that don't find everything, you know, offensive or whatever. There's some people, like, they love racist jokes and da-da-da, whatever. There's others that don't. Just find your tribes and do it with them. You don't have to do it with every fucking person. You know what I'm saying? Like, and here's another thing. Here's a big, big tip for all of, you know, my people that love racism as humor and they want to put it on YouTube and then they get upset when they get canceled or whatever. Being racist is not a personality. If that's what you need to do in order to have a YouTube presence, a TikTok presence, an Instagram presence, guess what? You probably don't have a personality or you suck. Okay? Okay. So anyway, guys, so that concludes this episode. And then next episode is just going to be a lot more lighter, a lot more funner. And we're going to leave the depressing shit alone for a little bit because I'm tired of talking about it. Honey, we got enough shit to be depressed about. Like, look at these freaking taxes that are going up. Look at the inflation. Like, why the fuck am I paying over $5 for gas? Why the fuck is my favorite ice cream that used to be, like, $4? Why that shit $7? Like, it's ridiculous, okay? So, I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Toodles!